Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this month's episode of Medivet Roundtable. I'm really excited about this episode today because we're going to be focusing on stem cell therapy and PRP for feline patients. I'm joined by Dr. Ann England, who has been partnered with us for a number of years, and she has done some really great cases. Dr. England isn't scared to try stem cell therapy and PRP in any situation and has been really creative in her utilization. I would also say that she has done the most feline cases. We are also joined by Dr. Larry Snyder, as always, another seasoned veteran of stem cell therapy. So without further ado, here's Dr. Ann England. Four. <laughs> I don't know what part of that was even heard. Uh, in 1984, and, um, uh, you know, I the way I, I got into this was... Um, I was telling them a little earlier was actually um, my favorite cat I've just about ever had is a pancreatic um, and I um, had him very specialist and, and I could not keep this cat out of flare-ups and I was desperate and you know uh, when they're your own you'll look at you'll look under every rock out there right uh, if it's one you really love and I had already done some research and run across some um, you know uh, work not necessarily in pancreatics, but on with stem cells, and I was thinking, hey, would, would, maybe this would help him, but I didn't really know where to turn. I had looked um, into some various systems, you know, realized that there are different types of uh, uh, stem cell um, systems, you know, in the world to choose from, and um, about that time, in uh, walks um, a representative that uh, had told me, hey, you know, Dr. England, you might be interested in this. Um, uh, we've got a representative from Medivet that's coming to talk about stem cells. Would you like to go to the meeting? I, I couldn't I couldn't sign on the line quick enough. And um, I went and listened to it and thought, I, I got to become a part of this. You know, I've been doing this long enough to know that there are so many things. We just don't have anything that really you know, it helps. It really is a good treatment for so many um, diseases. And um, so I thought, okay, yeah, let me, let me, let me try this. This feels right. And uh, so I brought the Medivet system on board. Um, I had looked at other ones and I looked at Medivet and I really liked the processing of it the best. Um, and so it started there three years ago. Um, I uh, also, uh, my receptionist had a dog at the same time. We were in a similar situation. Her dog, who she loved dearly, had everything, you know, wrong. I mean, he had, uh, he was a great case to start with because he had so many, you know, problems. And so we learned a lot from him. He was severely, um, with hypothyroid, food allergy, chronic sinusitis. He was diabetic, pancreatic, um, you know, just it had so many things and he was actually the first one we did. He, uh, we, we uh, took a huge chance on him and this was the dog. I know I'm, I'm going to get to cats in a minute, but uh, cause we knew that it was either that or, or he wasn't going to live at all. Uh, Cause we were having to, you know, he had to be carried everywhere. And, um, and I told her he may not, he may not live through this procedure, even harvesting the cells. Well, he did. And he had, uh, he had over uh, a year of wonderful life after that. Uh, so many things cleared up. He had a, 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 a pseudomonas we had um, cultured out of his purulent, copious purulent nasal discharge, resistant to everything. It cleared up after the stem cells. We never had to treat it again. Um, 
arthritis and he was able a dog who couldn't get up he was able to walk he 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 became almost like the 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 greeter here at the clinic he had a wonderful year and a half he died of bloat of all things but then i did my cat next um that was my own you know animal was was the next one i did and he uh, had chronic pancreatitis with flare-ups nothing was helping i'd had him everywhere you know i talked to a number of specialists anybody that i could gained the ear of, you know, uh, classmates, uh, different universities, nothing. So I did him, and he was symptom three within days. I thought, okay, this is wonderful. We're on to something. So that's, you know, where a lot of my excitement came from was just firsthand with, you know, pets that I loved and, and uh, uh, my receptionist who I've known for many years loved, and that's where we got started. And it's just been one of the most exciting things that I've ever been involved in, in, in medicine. Um, and so, you know, I do a lot of cats. My practice is over half cats. Um, and so it's sort of a special interest of mine. And, you know, we, um, we do a lot of it in dogs, but uh, I, you know, I'm always looking every day into different things we can use it for in cats. And if anybody wants to jump in and, and you know, ask questions, please do. Um, some of the things that I've been using it for, I, I have it kind of divided up into PRP and stem cell. I don't know which would y'all, uh, Dylan, which one would you want, want to talk about first? Or, well, why don't we, uh, <clears throat> why don't we go ahead and start with probably your most memorable success story in treating a cat with, with stem cell therapy? With stem cell? Oh, you know, that that's a kind of a hard one because I think, uh, you know, all of them have been kind of in their own ways, but um, my, uh, um, I've seen so many, a number of renal cases that were pretty amazing. Uh, my third third uh, stem cell case I did was uh, a um, uh, little cat that belonged to an MD, and she was in uh, rather advanced um, Iris 2 uh, renal failure, and I told her, you know, gave her options, and it was the first time I'd ever included that as an option because it was the first time I had it. And she said, I don't need to hear anymore. I want to go with that. Um, and I thought that was pretty amazing because I thought an MD might be a little hesitant, but no, you know, they, they, she, she wanted to do it. So we did. Um, that's been three over, well, over three years or three years now, and the cat's doing great. She's a little uh, purebred Bombay. She also had allergies. Didn't even realize it when we did it, but the allergies, um, you know, cleared up. We've had to, we've retreated her, you know, a few times. And that's one thing I, I want to stress when I do a cat. If at all possible, I use the large kit. I always harvest the falciform um, because it, I want as many aliquots as I can get because most of these things are going to require retreatment. Um, I'd like to have at least 50 million cells in each aliquot. And, um, and, and on the renal cases, I always do them at, at zero in 30 days. Um, sometimes it will really make the creatinine go down, other times not so much, but um, these cats feel so much better. Now this one, the creatinine did, did decrease down to about 1.4, went to, you know, a normal uh, or an iris one. And um, she, I saw her just the other day, boarded her and she's doing very, very well. As I remember uh, when I called the owner two weeks Oh, actually, it was two, two or three weeks after the surgery. It was for another or second or third recheck, and to remind her about the treating it at 30 days. I said, "Well, you know, how's she doing?" And she had always. She said when she got sick, the way she knew that the cat was sick initially was that her male cat 
kept, you know, uh, chasing her and harassing her. And she said, how is she doing? Well, let me put it like this. Now she chases him. Hey, Ann, I wanted to, wanted to jump in real. When, when, you, when you were talking about treating the cats, are you just doing IV or are you doing IP as well? It depends on what I'm treating. Um, I, here's some of the things I've used it for. Of course, I've used it in renal cats. Um, initially, that the first time I did one, I only used it IV. Now I use it, I, I give some IP as well as, as IV. Uh, in uh, inflammatory bowel cats, that's very uh, rewarding. Love it in inflammatory bowel cats. I've done, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, seven. <laughs> and they've, they've all been just, you know, it's been great. Some of them still have to stay on uh, special foods. But these cats, you know, I think sometimes with IVD, we get so focused on the diarrhea or the vomiting, we forget that, that inflammation that severe affects the whole body. And these cats feel so much better afterward. Not only does it, you know, clear up the vomiting or di and diarrhea, but they just—it's like it's a new lease on life for them. Um, but that's extremely rewarding, and that I always give both IV and IP. Uh, that IP is very easy to do. I use a little butterfly set. I go um, usually. Uh, depending on what I'm treating, but most of these are pancreatic, or I just want to avoid, you know, any, any fat. I don't want to inject it into the fat, so I usually um, feel on the abdomen where the um, rectus, uh, abdominus muscle uh, intersects there with the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the oblique, and I usually find that little divot, and I just stick the uh, little butterfly set in. I have three syringes laid out. And that is after, you know, I do a surgical prep on the abdomen. Right, right. Um, and uh, two people sort of hold the cat. The cats don't usually mind. They hardly flinch. Um, and then we first put suction to make sure we're not in, you know, an organ. We don't get blood or any fluid. If that's good, then we inject the um, stem cells diluted with some PRP and maybe a little saline. And then after that's injected slowly, we flush out, because I want every cell I can get, and you know, a butterfly line is several inches long, flush it with a little, about a cc of sterile saline, take out the little needle, the little 22 gauge butterfly needle, and then just gently, gently massage it around the abdomen. If uh, I'm doing you know, IBD, if it's pancreatic, I'm just gonna try to usually keep it up in the upper quadrant in my gentle massage, I'll let the cats stand up. I've usually pre-dosed them with about five milligrams of um, Singulair because we find some of these cats um, may have a little bit of, I don't know, I had one or two who had almost um, uh, slight, I'd say, I hesitate to call it asthma. I, it's not that severe, but I had one that had a little bit of breathing uh, problem uh, the day, the next day. And so I always give them five milligrams of Singulair and I haven't had any problems since. They get an antibiotic injection. I usually use Convenia. And um, by the next day with the pancreatic, they're eating almost always. I have had some that are a few days later. But um, it's, a, it's amazing, Ann, how many, how many veterinarians are, are really kind of dubious about doing IP injections. It, it, it's really, it's very easy. <laughs> I, mean, it's, it's, it, I, I love it because it's easy, it's quick, and it's inexpensive. You know, the, the, what you're set up is, is nothing more than three little syringes and um, a butterfly set. No big and there's deal. Really, 
not much you can do wrong. It's true. Uh, as long as you do suction, and, and I, you know, I have only one time if I ever uh, gotten anything back on suction. Uh, so it's really very easy to do. Actually, I, I'm I'm encouraged that, that when you're describing when you're describing using them, you're not just using them on blind faith. You have a you have quite a bit of of rationale and and uh, why you're beginning to use stem cells or why you use things. It's uh, I'm I'm impressed with the with uh, the fact that you you take and you have some you know, like I said some rationale you. You have a plan. Well, I was going to say, I always write a plan out before I, I you know, I, I've got a stem cell I'm doing tomorrow, actually, um, on a, a cat um, that is, uh, it has a, a number of things, but it it's, um, has pancreatitis, and it's also a renal cat. It's an IRS-2, uh, early IRS-2, and it has IBD and pancreatitis, and um, so, yeah, I always plan out. I know exactly where I want to put it before I ever harvest because um, it saves time for one thing, and um, it you know allows you to you know, better uh, know where you want to put it and, and and get everything you know done in the smallest amount of time. Uh, so yeah, highly recommend a plan. Well, um, that's what that's what kind of makes you uh, that's what makes you one of our one of our better veterinarians, Doctor England, is that you you have the ability to to look at a situation and analyze it and kind of signal out what what needs to happen. And then using stem cell as, as just another tool in your toolbox, right? That's what we're always telling veterinarians is to just use it as a tool in your toolbox. And that's definitely something that you do. So we, we definitely appreciate that. Um, could you talk a little bit about uh, a PRP case that you've had that, that was successful or memorable uh, with just PRP as a standalone? Oh, yeah, lots of them. I use PRP. Uh, I, I, I've done a lot of PRP. Uh, there's, you know, there's not a week that goes by, it seems like, that I, I don't uh, use it probably in some way. Uh, to give you just a list of things I've used it on, rather than a specific case, I can cite one, but uh, jotted down a few things. I use it uh, in pancreatitis and cats. Every one of them, the donor will let me. And owners are far, I can't tell you, they're far more apt to go there than the old method of putting them on IVs and going through all this. And it's cheaper. I mean, once they just see the dollars and cents of it, it's less expensive to to get the pancreatic inflammation calmed down with uh, PRP than it is the old way we used to do it. Um, of course, you still have to manage these cats. You know, you still got to get them, um, uh, you know, on appropriate foods, and 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 if there's any secondary problems, correct those, um, or treat those. Um, little motility drug, things like that, little Reglan. But these cats don't, you know, it quiets a flare up. It quiets it down in 24 to to 48 hours. I don't know anything else that does that. And I see a lot of these. I get referrals from them too. The word's gotten out. Uh oh, you know. So um, I used to when you when you had a pancreatic walk in the door because so many of them could be so difficult you wanted to run. Now I welcome it with open arms because I can do something about it. And not only can I do something about it, I can do it relatively inexpensively and also you know uh, easily. And it's rewarding, you know. The owner's happy. I'm happy. My staff is happy with it all. It, it, it's a win-win-win all around. Um, I use PRP in uh, eosinophilic granulomas, uh, cutaneous ones. I also use them in uh, if you've ever had any of those corneal lesions, those granulomatous um, keratitis cases in cats, especially your Himalayans and Persians. Um, I do a little subconjunctival bleb 
you do it uh, over, you have to do it a number of times depends on the severity but that will clear it up and you don't have to use any steroids so even if a cat is herpetic you can use PRP you know um, my favorite that old L7S1 spondylosis we see in cats it's the most you know one of the most common things that causes them to develop you know they don't want to get up to go to the litter box anymore or life's just not much fun they're sleeping all the time because it hurts to move um, easy to find on you know a lateral radiograph easy to treat uh, just inject your, your, your PRP in that area usually on one um, PRP preparation I get enough to treat them about three times I just keep it in the freezer and the owners bring them back and I use a little 30 gauge needle if you don't have a 30 gauge get you one um, the cats don't even, you know, I usually just uh, alcohol them, ice them with a, a cold pack, and then use a 30 gauge and inject around that L7S1. I was going to say, Ann, that you uh, you were talking about, I wanted to mention when you were talking about your, your eosinophilic plaque and use a lot of dental needles, I assume those are the 30. Yeah, love the dental needles. Y'all, if, again, if you, you know, I, a, a colleague of mine sh gave me one many years ago and bless his heart. Uh, I'll never forget it for it because uh, if you haven't used one, their their dental needles are very fine. The animals hardly flinch; they don't even feel it. It makes it so much easier to to inject. I use them for all my local too, you know. If I'm um, and I use them for a lot of my my stem cell injections into even into joints. Um, but the 30 gauge is wonderful, uh, especially because these you know on cats. Uh, they don't even hardly flinch. It, it's a great little needle to use. Um, but the L, that, it's wonderful for the L7S1 lesions, um, especially if they're severe. Um, I did one today in the dog, actually. Um, they're, they're, it's wonderful for that. Um, and you can, you know, I usually, like I say, freeze uh, a couple of aliquots and get them to come back. And, um, you know, you, you want to use those up within 90 days. I usually like to redo it in maybe two weeks to a month and then in another two weeks to a month after that. And oftentimes those cats will stay relatively seemingly pain-free for up to six months. Um, owners love it. Works well. I use an acute renal. I've had several cases of acute renal disease. Um, I mean, with creatinines of 10, you know, um, then I just inject, uh, you know, uh, do PRP and I inject the whole amount IP um really you know massage it in throughout the abdomen and uh most of them are that i have done this with their uh creatinine and bun will be coming down by the next day now i still put them on ivs i still treat them but wow it will really reduce you know um the inflammation in these kidneys um wounds ah I think I've talked about this case, and this is probably one of the most memorable. I hadn't been doing this very long, um, and I had a lady run in one afternoon. Blood was dripping everywhere. She had a little blue cat that she adored in her hands, and she was screaming. She'd been out cutting hedges, and the cat was with her, and the cat evidently reached up into the hedge right as the clipper hit the cat's paw, and it cut it right down the center of the paw right through the metacarpal into the carpus and uh, I looked at that normally I mean it was dangling off there was I thought you know, normally that would have to be amputated and she said isn't there anything else we can do uh, I can PRP this thing <laughs> <laughs> you know and um, that's what we did and saved the paw and she it, it, the amazing thing is how quickly it healed 
um, you know, I still had to do a little bit of some uh, somewhat microsurgery and, and reattach it, but I just injected it all throughout the paw, sutured it, um, and I'm, it seems to encourage revascularization quicker, much you, quicker. I think you've talked about degloving. degloving. Yes, it's wonderful for degloving. Wonderful if you do skin grafts. When I've done skin grafts, you can get skin grafts to take in half the time. Um, I've got a little cat that, that I ended up adopting myself, Angel, and we had to do four skin grafts on her and I used PRP and it was just amazing how quickly your your grafts will take. Um, so you, get this, better, you get better in graft, but you get better survival? Your you graft. get much better survival, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they have to be under bandage, you know, for so much less time because, you, you, you know, it, yeah. It, yeah, it takes so much, much, much quicker. Um, and then I had, I've had two very interesting cases. Any of you out there had these uh, toxic epidermal necrosis cases? Don't we all hate them? Um, come in, you know, sloughing uh, skin off. Uh, you know, I've had them come from other clinics, and I had one that I had in, in a cat here. Uh, that was the first one I, I, I did it on. It was a white cat, and you could see through the hair. Um, still don't really know exactly what it was, but we think it was probably uh, Famvir that triggered it because um, the cat had, had been treating it for a herpes. And you could see it through the hair, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this cat is you know, going to lose, looks like a quarter or more of its skin. I thought, I hate these. <laughs> that was my first thought. <laughs> I thought, okay, deep breath. What else can I do? PRP. PRP. Never PRP. tried that. PRP. <laughs> and uh, my technician said it at the same time I did. And he said, PRP. Why not? What can it hurt? Absolutely. So we, and so we injected the area, you know, we clipped the cat. You could see it better, but you could see through this cat's white fur. You could see where all the, you know, the pink uh, flesh and it was peeling off too. We injected that and it was very rewarding. It, it, the cat lost almost no skin. And I'm, I'm not kidding. This is a, one of the more amazing cases, I guess. So if you ever have, you know, a TE and a toxic epidermal necrosis case, don't forget PRP. Um, so that's some of the things I've used it in. Out of uh, out of all those uses that you just listed, what what is the most common uh, in your feline patients that you're treating with PRP? I'd say pancreatitis and the L7S1 lesions, the okay. L7S1 spondylitis. And I know I know you've had a, I know you've had a lot of success treating renal failure with PRP. So could you maybe speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I use that as far as PRP, not so much in the chronics, but in your acutes. You know, okay. they come in and they've got, you know, very, probably very swollen kidneys and very different. Now, the chronics, that's when you, the stem cell, that's the, that's the, the, the treatment of choice for it. But for your, your acute cases, you're not even going to get them to chronic if you don't survive them. Sure. And PRP um, has really enhanced the survival. I've had uh, uh, one of them, I have the, uh, the uh, case in front of me. That cat, I, I didn't get to do stem cell on, uh, an, another case I did. But he, he did he, he, well for five, you know, excuse me, three years after that. Um, they moved, so I don't know how he's doing now. But he, he did quite well. Um, then the other one, I still see this cat. Uh, he presented a young cat. He was only two. Um, probably got, you know, I don't know if he got into a, a lily um, or, or what caused the acute um, uh, nephritis, but he came in in acute kidney failure, um, creatinine of about 10. 
uh, you know, BUN over 200. Um, we did PRP and, um, of course, put him on fluids and, and the usual treatment for an acute. Um, the thing that's different about him is these cats are so much better by the next day. Uh, he was actually even eating. And the owner was so impressed with the PRP, he said, when can we, when can we do a stem cell? I want to do it as, quick, as soon as I can. I said, well, we're going to need to, but let's sort of feel this along. And we did, and we, we did PRP on, I mean, excuse me, we did stem cell on him um, about, uh, I think it was two, a week or two weeks later. And um, when I really felt he was, you know, really stable enough to, to undergo surgery. And, um, you know, his uh, creatinine last time we checked it, it was 1.6. I think that's pretty good. I'll take that, you know, and he's yeah. doing great. He's their alpha cat. And he's still their alpha cat. He didn't get dethroned, you know, like some, if you, you, you feline people know what I'm talking about. Uh, this person has six cats. So that alpha cat's important. Keep the peace. And um, if they get sick, you know, somebody else takes their place, beats them up. And um, he, he's still the alpha cat and doing great. Uh, I saw him for a clip down the other day and he's still, we do blood work on him yearly. Uh, we have retreated him uh, one time that at the 30 days. We haven't had to retreat him again, but we probably will relatively soon because we have quite a few aliquots on him. One thing you mentioned, Ann, that we've, I've always, and you've reinforced this well, is my, my adage for PRP is anything that ends with an itis. Itis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And I like you also call it stem cell light. Yep. Stem cell light. Stem okay. cell light. Um, another very uh, exciting uh, use for stem cells um, is your al your asthma allergy cats. Um, I, I personally have a, an asthma cat. He was the first asthma cat I did it on. You know, it seems like sometimes you start with your own. And, um, uh, this cat does great. I still, you know, in the worst month, I live in Alabama, uh, of course, so we're, we're, you know, one of the allergy capitals of the U.S. And um, during during June, he has to have Singulair and sometimes a little bit of Claritin, but he hasn't had, since the stem cell, he hasn't had to have any steroids, and he, he hasn't had another um, really, you know, flare-up of his asthma. Um, I, I He'll get a little bit of, you know, epiphora um, in June. And a um, little redness around the face, you know, a little erythema. But uh, and I'll just put him on a little Singulair and uh, Claritin. That's what I use. I use like five milligrams of Singulair, um, which is Monte Lucas. It's generic now, thank goodness. And um, Loratadine, Claritin, uh, it's standard 10 milligrams. I give five milligrams a day and get him through the worst months. But he does great. He was also an IBD cat. And I haven't, and, and it's that really, the stem cell truly cleared that up. He can eat any, any food. He, he's not food sensitive at all anymore to it. Uh, so I have great flexibility with that. But that was a very rewarding case. And of course, I, he's, I own him and see him. And um, I can tell you exactly how he's doing. Now, here's another one. I've only done one of these, but this was wonderful. Here's another thing we run from as feline practitioners. <laughs> Chronic sinusitis. How many of you out there look at those and go, crap, <laughs> another one of these, you know? Um, I had a man who um, was, he's a foster failure. He uh, <laughs> foster. He, he fostered a um, pregnant cat, had kittens and seven, and he kept every one of them. And um, a wonderful client, uh, just wonderful client. He's one of those you love to talk to, love to see him come in the door. Well, one of them, uh, uh, Flame Point, old Siamese, 
uh, had terrible sinusitis, you know, just that chronic herpes cat. And yeah. um, so we did, uh, you know, he said, what can we do? I, he said, I hate to keep treating with antibiotics. I said, we can try stem cell. And he said, yeah, uh, I told him about it, explained it, and we went through the process, and he said, sign me up. So we did it, and that cat has done beautifully. And that one, I, I only gave it IV. Uh, he's a young cat. I used a large kit, and we have enough aliquots, so we could probably treat him, you know, I think I have nine frozen we have. Uh, and so he's like two now. We're going to try to see if we can go every every two years. We haven't had to retreat him, but the the thirty you know zero and thirty days, and he's doing very very well. Owner is thrilled, very pleased. I That's don't think awesome. I've had anyone that hasn't been pleased, quite frankly. So a a really common question that that we get uh, with with people that are treating cats is in a PRP treatment, how much blood would you draw in a cat? And I say this because a lot of people seem to be hesitant to draw too much. So is there a point at which you can draw too much or are you just kind of uh, free to go there? Because I know Dr. Hutchinson actually, uh, Mike Hutchinson, he, he works with it and uh, just draws as much as he can really. And so I know a lot of more people are hesitant with it. So can you speak to that a little bit on how much that you would typically draw? Yeah, I'm hesitant. Um, I, the, the last thing, you know, above all else, do no harm. So, you know, the uh, the tubes, of course, we use, use are 8.5 mil draw. Uh, if it's a really small cat or, or rather frail, I'll do I'll do one. I have even done less than that at times. It, on most cats, I'll use two tubes, but that's all I ever do. I never go higher than that. I don't want to weaken this cat. Uh, if you have uh, one that's, um, you know, anemic, now I'm not talking about severely, uh, you know, that those, that one, I don't know that they would even be a good candidate. But if they're, uh, you know, we talked, I think, last time about you, the use of Darbipoietin or Aranas. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, um, you'll want to look into that. Uh, usually about two and a half micrograms will bump that packed cell, you know, that hematocrit up and uh, let you feel a lot better about taking some blood to make PRP. Okay. But I am cautious, quite cautious. Sure. sure. And then another question that, that we get is, how do you assess if the stem cells or, or PRP ha have worked in a feline patient, considering that cats are really good at hiding their pain more so than, than dog patients? Well, I tell you, um, listen to your owner for one thing they're, they're going to give you feedback because, yeah, when you bring them in clinic, you know, and, and, and another thing is like, you know, some of these chronic pancreatics, I don't see them anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I, you know, see them just come in for annual or something, you know, or, or, or every six months or something like that to, you know, uh, just do, do a good, um, uh, you know, physical exam, a little blood work, that kind of thing. But, um, I mean, it depends on the case. You know what I mean? Um, pancreatitis is not necessarily visible, but these cats eat well. Um, they're not vomiting anymore. They feel good. They're interactive with the clients. You know, they, 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 they enjoy life. Um, but we always keep in touch with our clients. We do callbacks, you know, because we want to know how they're doing. Because you can tell people to call you and let you know and give you feedback. But, you know, life, life gets in the way. So uh, I think it's really important to um, have some sort of a, a tickler list or callback list where you, you check in with these clients. Absolutely. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I like to do it even, you know, six months out, a year out, and see how they're doing if you haven't seen them. We keep, uh, we write every one we do. We have a, a, a book, and every, um, you know, every stem cell we do, we rewrite that case down. And then we have a, a system, uh, you know, to call the owners back and, and get feedback. Um, I mean, you know, that's kind of a difficult question. If it's, uh, you know, now, uh, if, it, if it's IBD, boy, that's pretty visible uh, in the box. I know um, I, um, strange hobby, but I, I take a lot of pictures of cat bowel movements. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing to me how quickly after stem cell, these cats will go from diarrhea to firm stool. Um, anywhere from five to 20 days and it'll be almost a normal, you know, stool, a lot of them totally normal. Now the smell, some of them will still have a rather odorous stool. It seems that it takes a little bit longer for them to get a normal flora. I've even had one that took as long as a year to really, I mean, it was still, uh, you know, firm. You would look at it and say normal stool, but um, a normal cat stool really does not have a foul smell if the, if the bacterial flora is, is really healthy. And, and that takes a while, and you might have to encourage it along with uh, probiotics, too. So, you, you think, uh, and when you're talking about the, the dysymbiosis, the, the, yes, do, the do you think that, that plays a, a ma major a contributing part of the IBD? Oh, IBD yeah. Problem. Oh, you, yeah. You take the inflammation out, you get, that, you get the inflammation out, and then you can, you can reestablish, reestablish the, normal, the normal bacteria flora. Right, because I mean, all the research, you know, the new research is showing that basically the gut is the brain of the immune system. Mm -hmm. And if if you have dysbiosis, and there's a reason, you know, it's chicken egg. I don't know what, you know, comes first, uh, the inflammation. It can start from a number of reasons, whether it's an immune-mediated or it's from antibiotic therapy. Let's face it, we induce a lot of these dysbiosis cases. Um, food allergy, um, you know, there's a number of, of, of uh, primary reasons. But um, they have one thing in common, don't they? That itis ending. Yep. And you, and it, until you get the inflammation um, calmed down, you know, you um, I don't think they can uh, establish and maintain a normal bacterial flora. And I think that's part, and I'm sure it's far more complex than that. But I think that's part of what stem cell does for these cats. Is it it, it is such it, you know it it just gets rid of the inflammation in the gut. And it then, returns things. It returns yeah. things to a to a more normal. Um, they, you you kind of come back to a balance. You're you're not tipped toward that inflammation, that inflammatory, that inflammatory. Uh, syndrome to where you're kind of tipping back up to where you're in balance again. Which right. Is it, se it seems to it seems to be that because it seems like an inflamed gut just cannot maintain you a normal. Yeah, it. can't get on top of it, and that affects uh, you know the whole body. It's a to me, it's a whole body phenomenon because mm -hmm. these cats feel so good after. I cannot emphasize mm -hmm. that enough. It's not just you know we don't want to get tunnel visioned that it's just the gut, just the gut. Um, it's a whole body. It's the whole body. If they're arthritic, also that improves. Um, when you're talking, when you were talking about your spondylitis, do you are you just taking and injecting them, and then letting them go home? Are you working a little bit with rehab, or having the owners rehab a little? Are you are you giving them any guidelines as far as 
how to help that cat out or just you mm -hmm. think relieving the inflammation is sufficient to where the cat's going to start feeling better so they start moving better eating better everything kind of falls into line well with, if i'm just doing prp uh, i i use a lot of adequan if you're not using own cats get you some um 0 0.4 to 0 0.45 uh, mils um im or sub q it's been approved sub q now uh, I also have a class for laser, and I use that. Of course, we don't want to use that if we use stem cells. Um, but, you know, I use more of that probably than anything. These cats are touchy. Uh, they don't want you to massage them. They don't want you to, you know, they want you to leave them alone. Um, but, I, uh, yeah, when I inject them, I send them home that day for sure. There's no reason to keep them. Dr. Um, England, um, we, had a, uh, we just had a, a question come into the chat. Uh, just wondering if, if you've ever used PRP for chronic cystitis or a feline lower urinary tract disease. I have once or twice, and I have not been real thrilled, but I think I don't, I think, don't know that I have my protocol um, refined enough at this time. I think it's, it definitely requires, um, you know, draining the bladder fully. And the thing is, is that it's getting it, retained. I've I've tried doing it instilling it in the bladder. I've tried giving it IP and the next one I, I do I'm gonna do both if I use that. Um but I ha I, I just I, I have used it. I've not satisfied that my protocol is correct yet. So you do an IP and then stand the cat up to try to get gravity to take and pull it pull that that PRP or cells down around that bladder. Yeah, I haven't done stem cell on, on one yet, but I'm always looking for, for a case that's a good case, you know. Um, I, but, and that's about all I really have to say on that. I, I, I don't have a lot of experience in, in that one. Sure, sure. Another question, uh, another question into the chat. Uh, why not use a laser with stem cell therapy? Can you, uh, can you speak to that, Dr. England, or are you Dr. Snyder? Dr. Snyder might be more uh, capable of speaking to that because I was just, I'm just sort of doing as I was told. Um, yeah, yeah, not... <laughs> that's been, that's been one of those that's been, yeah, I think a few years that they, they, they said not to use the, the laser with stem cells. So everybody's just kind of steered clear of it. I haven't seen a great deal of, of research on, you know, anybody really delving into it much more than than that kind of uh you know it's just been thou shalt not um i'm not sure um and maybe josh or dylan um there may be some newer stuff i haven't mm -hmm. seen anything that really is contraindicated all that much um sure and so there's, there's not really any, any any new science that i could speak to that i could on that no, I haven't seen any as far as you're just increase. you know, it's kind of that billiard ball, that billiard ball phenomenon where the photons go and, sp and spread out and, and trigger the, what, nitrous oxides. So you're getting some NOS uh, produced in there. So I'm really not too awfully sure if it may not be uh, a good idea to relook relook at that and I'm not yeah. sure there's a whole lot that you're going to do going to do uh, um, 
to hurt the cells. I think that was a big concern initially was. That was what my understanding was and that you didn't really want to, you know, the inflammation is part of what draws the cells there to begin with. Um, of course, if you're injecting them directly there, that's one thing. But then the you know the ones that are given IV need the direction and the the you know all the uh, uh, inflammatory agents that are made by the tissues when they are inflamed in those conditions. You don't want to diminish that initially. Was my understanding also? I, I may be wrong on that. Oh, I think one. I think you're right. I think it's uh, the lasers increasing circulation of the area. I'm really not seeing a lot of negatives that I can mm-hmm. that I can, and I I need to probably look at that again. But I haven't seen a lot of negatives that would go. You know, we're doing a lot of damage by by doing it. So mm-hmm. I I think it's one of those that we need to need to revisit and kind of talk about maybe a little more in depth are you you uh, what is your your personal feelings on it are you doing that dr Seidert? i don't i don't have a lot of problems i don't have i i haven't because i'm i'm <laughs> down this down this rabbit hole that i'm in now um but um we we've got a we've got a laser in the clinic we have been using it um sometimes not too awfully long after the stem cell stem cell cases like within the first week two weeks so and we haven't noticed anything negative from it so i'm i don't really see a, a lot of a lot of uh contraindications for it yeah. i just i guess until somebody gives me the, the the blessing to go ahead and 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 start using laser with the stem cell cases i i just haven't now i i certainly couple it with prp no problem at all let me see if i can find let me see if i can i can uh find any answers um or find at least maybe some some evidence one way or the other i think that there i i, I just don't I, I don't see a lot of uh, a lot of research along that those lines as far as uh, use or non-use of laser with it. So I'll see what I can find out and get back with everyone. Thanks for that, Dr. Snyder. Uh, we actually have uh, Dr. Malathi Rao uh, on the call with us tonight as well. Uh, Dr. Rao, I know you had some questions for Dr. England. Dr. Rao, are you there? Okay, she's just typing them in here. <laughs> when in the in the meantime, Anne, I've got a question for you. Okay. What's on your wish list as far as cases you're dying to try stem cells or PRP on? I'm still looking for those uh, stomatitis. Excuse me, stomatitis case. I uh, had one, and the owner backed out. But uh, you know, they may they may decide to go with that again. But that is is um a horizon i haven't done yet <laughs> and you know you just don't know um i i, I just try to stay open to it um and re- always remember it's in your toolkit like you said it's always in your tool belt uh it, it, it's you know you, you don't want to forget it <laughs> to use it um because and and also it's amazing. I I, I credit my technicians for this. Sometimes they'll they're the ones that'll say, "Why don't you do PRP on this?" Just and I'm thinking thought. like, "Duh, you know, I could have had a V8, that kind of thing." Yeah. You know, duh. When you were talking PRP. about, you know, when you were talking about uh, your your nephritis cats, have you had any thoughts about these raisin toxicities or grape toxicities in in uh, in, in, in dogs? Dogs. Uh, I haven't done one. I I, just, uh, I know I just, that. 
uh, throwing it out there going, uh-huh. those are such acute cute. moments. The shutdown, mm-hmm. I mean, renal shutdown. Mm-hmm. I had, I've had one uh, dog who really got into, I guess I just haven't had many of them, but I did have one dog that uh, got into the compost heat and ate a bunch of uh, grapes and the owner rushed the dog in, but it was quickly enough that I induced vomiting with apple morphine and up came yep. a zillion grapes. And the owner looked at it and said, that, that's about as many as we're out there. And so I, I didn't, but you know, that is a, that is, would be a, um, a good idea to, to try it. Because those and some of these pug dog encephalitis, some of these, these encephalopathies, mm-hmm. you wonder how just taking the inflammation down. Was. Down, yeah. I, 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 I'm just, I was just wondering what was on your well, bucket list as far as, not bucket list, not your bucket list, but as far as your wish list for, for stem cell uh, to try. If you see one, kind of, of course, you're always, that if you, you're presented with a case and you've got stem cells, and like you said, in your, in your toolkit, you're, that gives you another thing you can kind of run through the possible. Does it make sense to use cells here? Does it make sense to use PRP here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I, you're one of the more forward-thinking <clears throat> veterinarians. She definitely, well, yeah. she definitely is. I, um, I just so I can't. Doctor England, I have a couple questions. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Okay. This is Malathy. I'm sorry, Josh. For some reason, my speakers died or something. I don't oh, know. Oh no, you're good. Um, no worries. Couple of questions about your um, intraperitoneal injections that you were talking about. These uh-huh. CRF cats for stem cell. Are you able to get 40 grams falciform or otherwise? Well, it's usually in cats falciform, but they're so skinny. Are you able to get enough yeah. to do a large kit? Not all of them, um, but I my intention is always large. I go in there with positive thinking. I, that I, my intention is to get that, and if I can't, then I, I always you know keep a, a small kit that I, I can you know uh, go back on. Uh-huh. Um, but it, I would much rather if I if I could only get twenty five or thirty, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with large kit because I think I, that's another couple of of aliquots that I can have in banking. Uh-huh. Um, and when you do the IP injections, is the cat um, lying belly up? Um, or Because yeah. you said massage the dorsal side or the upper quadrant. Yeah, I, and and I really probably should should get this videoed and get make it available because we do it all the time. Um, I I have them on their back, mm-hmm. belly up. Um, you know, just prep on the right upper quadrant. I find uh-huh. the navel. You know, the the yeah. umbilicus is easy uh-huh. to find on the cat. I go just lateral, just cranial, maybe a finger width cranial mm-hmm. to the um, uh, umbilicus uh-huh. to the right side. Mm-hmm. I feel down, you know, on the rectus, down to where you hit that little divot where uh-huh. the, uh, it, you know, uh, meets the um, oblique. Yes. You'll know what I mean when you, yes. when you do it. And I've usually got some, yeah. I've usually prepped them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, do a little surgical prep there. Um, I'll even take, you know, I'm gloved by that time because I definitely, you know, glove for that, keep everything sterile. And I'll even take my fingernail and just make a slight impression in the skin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, then find that again and take your little butterfly, um, pop it in. Mm-hmm. I hold that. My technician is standing to m- usually my right. Uh, they know to connect first and I have everything laid out on, on a sterile tray. Mm-hmm. Uh, they connect a three cc syringe, uh, do suction, see yeah. if anything comes up. If it doesn't, then they, uh, attach the syringe with the, with the stem cells or PRP, mm-hmm. um, and they inject 
relatively slowly. You know, you don't want to push it in. Just some slow but comfortable. It doesn't take too many seconds to do it. And then they disconnect that and connect uh, the third syringe, which has a, about a mil of sterile saline. Mm-hmm. And they inject that, and then I just retract the needle out, you know, rub the little area, and then I massage it depending on what I'm trying to treat, mm-hmm. um, and then let the cat stand up, and the, and they're very agreeable about it. It's not painful. It's fast. It's, it's kind of like a cysto, I guess. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it, quite frankly, it's easier than a cysto. Yeah. 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 If you can do a cysto, you can certainly do this. And irrespective of whether it's for IBD or pancreatitis, you always go into the upper right quadrant? Um, generally, yes, because it's a very dependable place. Yeah. You know, if I'm doing PRP and it's not one I've harvested that fouls form, I don't, I don't want to get in, into that, that fat. I don't want right. to inject it. I don't want to lose it by injecting it into a, a fat, you right. know. And are you using ultrasound to see if you're doing that or just? Um, uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I guess I've just done so many. I feel pretty comfortable with it. Right. But, it, you know, it'd be a, not a bad idea to do ultrasound, ultrasound guided. Well, I guess the injecting into the fat is more of a possibility with PRP because you haven't removed that fat. Exactly. Right. So, exactly. That's um, how I was looking. Because if I've already removed, if it's a, if it's a, you it's know, a, a, a stem yeah. cell case and I've removed yeah. the fouls form, I don't have that much to worry about. I still probably go over there. I like it because you're not, I mean, you know, a, uh, I use a 22 gauge. Uh-huh. They don't make them longer than an inch. So I really don't want to go through all the muscles. You know, yeah. so I try to find the thinnest place and I find that that little juncture is quite thin pops through nicely they don't seem to feel it hardly um and i've done a lot of them and it just really smooth really fast and it's over you know yeah and for the l7s1 spondylosis Mm -hmm. cases Mm -hmm. you're going just laterally like right around that spondylosis area just laterally yes on both sides i'll do both sides Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you so much. And if I have doubts that, you know, I usually really look at your x-rays well, because uh, I find that, you know, of course, um, anatomy varies a little bit. Some of yes. them will be more caudal than, you know, what I'm talking about. Yes, Some will be more anterior. Uh, make sure of your space. Sometimes I'll even uh, tape a little, um, you know, metal marker, a little baby marker on yeah. the skin, those skin moves, um, and take a radiograph on some of them that have you know different yeah. confirmation yeah. and uh but it's really quite easy to do i always tell the owner uh you know g- give uh realistic expectations like i like what yeah. dr snyder says under promise over deliver yeah um but also it usually takes between um i'd say 48 hours and sometimes as long as a week to really see the effect of it on the l7s1 okay and and when you do these chronic sinusitis cats, like we've always been told, at least I've read and heard many times, um, Dr. Hutchinson say that, you know, infection is a big deterrent to, for using stem cell. So chronic sinusitis, even though it's localized, it's okay from what I've heard you say today to give it IV. I, yes, I definitely did. Now, I've only okay. done one. It uh-huh. was a pretty severe, well, I did one in the cat. I've done one in the dog and I had wonderful results. I, you know, I told you about uh, Brady was the dog's name and he had um, a, before we did the stem cell, um, we had, I did a culture on him because I mean, it just poured out. It was awful. Mm. It was awful. And it was uh, pseudomonas. There was, I did the extended sensitivity panel. There was Mm -hmm. nothing it was sensitive to. It was nothing. It was all just a column of ours. And I looked at my technician and she knew exactly what that meant too. And I said, we don't really have any, and she said to me, we don't have anything to lose, do we? I said, not really. 
And so we did it and it totally cleared that up. And in this cat, yeah, it's pretty amazing. We don't know how much we don't know how much that immune stimulatory effect of the of the cells with PRP you're getting too. Yeah, yeah it's almost like the cat healing know. itself instead of instead of uh, it is the cat healing itself instead of antibiotics doing it because yeah resistant. Sometimes sometimes you can mix PRP with antibiotic and use that on some of those really bad uh, otitis as well. Haven't tried that, but that's interesting. Mm-hmm. On the stenotic that. cases, I guess it would slide in better too. You can yeah. slide in a little easier. It also you're getting the anti-inflammatory effect, getting that itis, mm-hmm. as well as keeping that, as well as getting the antibiotic. In yeah. fact, uh, with um, um, Mycobacterium tuberculosis, they're finding that if you can do stem cells at the same time that you're doing antibiotics, um, you can get much better treatment levels, much better treatment of the cases. And those are on all antibiotic resistant tuberculosis. That's in humans. Yeah. Wow. 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 Yeah. So we had another uh, another question come into the chat and I found this one particularly interesting. Uh, would you use PRP or stem cell on a snake bite? And if so, how would you administer that? I have used it on a snake bite and a dog. Um, I just, again, there's that 30 gauge. Um, I just injected it, um, you know, all in the swollen area. And I also use a laser, the class four laser. And uh, it, it dog had no swelling by the next day. It was pretty amazing. I, I wouldn't get to do that on every one of them. But if one was pretty severe, uh, we have mainly copperheads. So they're not the worst snake in the world, but it depends on where they, you know, bite them. Uh, I certainly would keep that in my tool belt as something to use. Mm-hmm. That's right. Keep I'm not it in sure. your toolbox. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure on, on a really venomous snake, like a, like a rattlesnake to do it too acutely and release those toxins into the system too. Yeah, that's why I I qualified that. We have copperheads where I am. I'm in the foothills of the Appalachians, so um, I don't know if I would use it on a a, a rattlesnake either. Okay. Dr. England, have you ever used uh, retroperitoneal injections or have you never needed to? I haven't done that yet. Um, Renal cases? Yeah, yeah, that it's, yeah. that's uh, uh, I haven't quite been gutsy enough to do it, but I'm very uh, you know looking for a case and certainly thinking about it because Dr. Snyder talks about it. That little retroperitoneal fossa just kind of uh, it's just off of the off of those um, um, uh, lateral abdominal muscles just yeah. Pop. Yeah, I, I guess that would, that would be a good one to hear you describe um, the protocol for for administering that. Dr. Schneider, you've done them. We've, it's been a once again a while. It was I was always one of those kind of an anatomy, just reviewing the anatomy. And there's a little fossa you can actually feel hmm. okay. on, pal, on palpation. I'm trying to feel on myself. This isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know the people that the people that do it are just it's an anatomic it's an anatomic landmark you go into and you will be in the retroperitoneal fossa because you're up in that well you've also got the retroperitoneal fat yes there's a lot lot of things the perirenal fat pad as well so you um there it's a like i said i haven't done one for a while simply because of not just not having the opportunity to so i need to 
need to review my my landmarks on those. Yeah, it's something I, I'd like to look into. It, it hasn't quite made my short list, um, but you know it should, and and uh, um, I, I hope to look into that soon. Kind of like epidural. It's kind of like epidural injections. A lot of people don't do them, but they're really quite easy to do. That was one, yeah. That I was. That was one thing I was relatively somewhat hesitant to do, but I thought, okay, yeah, you know, I got to learn to do this. And yeah, once you do a number of them, each one gets easier. it gets easier. Yeah. Um, I I, I, I did a PRP on. last time we we were on. You had uh, someone talk about um, spinal stenosis dogs yep. and seeing if they were candidates for stem cell by doing PRP. I thought, oh gosh, yeah, I'm gonna do that. And so um, I, I did one just the other day, and the dog has improved. So I would say he's probably a good candidate. And that makes the owner uh, far more confident to go on with it. So and I thought, yeah, this is that's a great that's that was a great little. Um, uh, Sometimes uh, just doing the epidural and then um, maybe the paralumbars. Mm. Paralumbars in the in the just like you're doing with with the L7S1. The, mm -hmm injections in that area along with an epidural trying to get up in there but anyway just I'm I'm it, it's always one to where I'm I will always so excited to hear Ann and kind of your thinking your thought processes to, to how and why you're doing these it's amazing well that's all the time we have for tonight thank you all very much thank you Dr. England can't thank you enough for just coming on here and sharing your experiences with everybody we really appreciate it uh, Dr. Snyder, as always, thank you very much, and uh, we will see everybody next month. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, and thank very you. good to listen to you. I always oh, learn. Thank always you so learn. much. I learn every time that we get on here. I, I, I never come away without some new little tidbit of knowledge, so thank you, and the questions have been great. Thank you for the I hope that Dr. Newland was on. I know he was planning on, on uh, getting on tonight to listen to this. Hopefully, he did. Yeah. What is it, what is it you always say, Dr. Snyder? Which one? About it being priceless. Well, that's Dr. Newland. That's, that's Dr. That's Newland. Doc, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Dr. Newland. Yeah. There's only one word you can say about it, priceless. Priceless. That's right. <laughs> that's a great way to close it out. Thank yeah. you, everybody. You all have a great Good night. night Thank everyone. you. Bye -bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Hey everyone, thanks for listening in to MediVet Roundtable. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to keep up to date on all of our latest content. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at MediVet Biologics. And for more testimonials or information, visit our Facebook page or go to medivetbiologics.com.